Welcome to a brand new year of Breaking the Huddle. I am Joel Klatt, your host here, League College Football Analyst for Fox Sports, and our show is presented and sponsored by Dr. Pepper. Remember, at every tailgate and home gate, it is the one fans crave because it is delicious. Now, what we got going on today, it's a really fun show. I'm going to give you my top 10. You can throw your comments to me. I'll try to get back with them and interact with you on social media. Matt Leinert's going to come in. We're going to play a really fun game called Kiffin, Not Kiffin, about things Lane Kiffin may or may not have said uh, in the public sphere. We're going to get his Heisman take, and we'll have a long discussion on the Heisman Trophy before uh, we get out of here on this week one of college football. It is finally here. Let's all rejoice. Let's get into it. The top 10. I'm going to roll through the first uh, 10 to 6 fairly quickly. So let's start with my number 10 team in my rankings in the preseason. I've got the Miami Hurricanes, the U, coming in at number 10. I'm really a big fan of Miami. I love what Mark Richt is doing in recruiting. Uh, if Malik Rozier, if he develops at all, they could have a really special year down there in Miami. At number 9, I've got Michigan State. The most experienced team in the country, 19 starters back. They won 10 games last year. Their quarterback's back. Mark D'Antonio is a great coach. So I've got Michigan State at number nine. They've got a, some crucial games at home in the Big Ten. At number eight, I'm going to go with Michigan. Um, that could easily be higher. I'm very high on Michigan. I think they beat Notre Dame this week in week one. I think this is going to be the breakout year for Michigan where they potentially win that division for the first time uh, in this uh, modern era of championship game in the Big Ten. Big Ten. At number seven, I've got Oklahoma. This might be a little bit of a stretch, though, because remember, when programs lose Heisman Trophy winners, they generally take a large step back. In fact, if you go back to the seven previous quarterback Heisman Trophy winners, those programs, the year that those quarterbacks left, on average finished eight and five. So um, they got to overcome some serious things there at Oklahoma without Baker Mayfield. At number six, I'm going to go with Washington. You'll see them higher than six on some people's poll, but for me, they just have to prove it. They have a chance to do that week one against Auburn. The importance of that game cannot be overstated, not only for the Huskies, but for the entirety of the Pac-12 conference. Now let's get into the top five. Um, at number five, I've got Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin... First, you get to mention Jim Leonard because every time Wisconsin gets mentioned on my show, Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator, gets mentioned. I think their defense will be able to overcome some of the personnel losses because of one scheme and two, leadership at the linebacker position. It's a defense that is focused on giving the linebackers the opportunity to make plays. They've got some of the best out there. TJ Edwards is a fantastic player. And then offensively, they could be as good as they have been in a long time. I think it's the best offensive line in the country. I think Hornibrook plays much better this year than he did last year in particular when it comes to taking care of the football. And I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. Uh, he's in my top five running backs in the entire country. So that Washington team, or excuse me, Wisconsin team, has a legit chance to make a run at not only a Big Ten title, but a playoff spot. At number four, I'm going to go with Georgia. Call me an SEC hater. Try it. Eat it. Georgia is at number four because they're a great program right now. I love what Kirby Smart is doing, specifically on the recruiting trail. I mean, they're legitimately challenging Alabama for number one in the country now year in and year out. So this is going to be a mainstay right now, not only in the SEC, but at the top of the standings uh, in all of college football. Uh, I, they haven't named a starting quarterback that doesn't concern me because of the new redshirt rule. Remember, true freshman or any player can play in four games and still redshirt. So I think that's okay. Now, the one concern for Georgia for me is they're losing a lot of leadership. Roquan Smith at linebacker. The all-time tandem rushing back leaders, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. That's a lot to have to overcome. But they've got a lot of great talent. 
I'm a believer in Georgia. I believe that they, they're going to win that East division in the SEC and face uh, another team in the, in the title game, which will be up here on my rankings. Number three, Ohio State. Um, listen, lots been said about Ohio State and their entire situation. The one thing that has not been said or not focused on is the fact that when it comes to the talent and the roster on that team, it's as, as good as anybody in the country. And they have a chance to be better than they were a year ago, and in large part due to the style that Dwayne Haskins gives them at quarterback versus what JT Barrett gave them at quarterback. This is going to transform from a third down quarterback run team to a team that understands how to threaten the deep parts of the field, get vertical in the passing game, and then more vertical and downhill in the run game with J.K. Dobbins. Think Cardell Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, and that's the type of Ohio State offense that I think you're going to get from the get-go this year, which means, again, they could be better. So Ohio State, for me, is at number three. The number two team in the country, and I think that the top two have really separated themselves out right now, and they're the two elite programs in all of college football. Clemson at number two. That defense is going to be insane. Could be the best defensive line in the entire country, not only this year, but maybe ever. Okay, folks, they have a chance to have three first-round draft picks and then a fourth in the top two rounds. That's insane. Brent Venables is back as their defensive coordinator. They've named Kelly Bryant their starter. This guy is a very good player, and now they're going to have a backup in Trevor Lawrence that pushed him, that was the number one recruit in the country. They're solidified right now. I think Clemson's a heck of a team, and that's a division and a conference that I believe is imminently winnable for them. They should walk to the playoff along with my number one team. I think it's borderline irresponsible to put anybody other than Alabama at number one in a preseason poll until Nick Saban leaves. Until proven otherwise, this is the best program in the country. All right, And, and it is by a wide margin. In 10 years, they've won five national championships, and they're 66-4 and four at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Did you hear me correctly? That means since 2008, they've won more national championships than they have home losses. This guy has won five championships, and he's done it with four different combinations of coordinators. He's done it with Jake Coker and Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts and A.J. McCarron and Greg McElroy. It doesn't matter who plays quarterback for them, which is why this quarterback controversy for me is a non-controversy. They could win the national championship with Jalen Hurts just as quickly as they could win it with Tua Tungavailoa. This is a great program. Defensively, they're going to lose a lot of players. Guess what else they have? A lot of great depth because they've been one of the top recruiting classes, if not the top recruiting class in the country, for quite some time. Like I said, borderline irresponsible to put anybody else at number one other than Alabama until proven otherwise, and it has not been proven otherwise as of yet. Nick Saban is incredible. People will point, including Skip Bayless, which is why I had to yell at him on Tuesday on Undisputed. People will point to the fact that Nick Saban has given up eight 40-point games since 2007, okay? 40 points is a lot. There are four other Power 5 teams that have given up fewer 40-point games during that stretch. Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State, and LSU. But if you dig a little deeper, you're going to see something that is quite alarming. In those games for those four other schools, their combined record when giving up 40 points is 3-19. and 3-19. and 19. Guess what Bama's record is in those eight games that they gave up 40 points? Four and four. They're 500. They win regardless of style. If they need to outscore you, they'll do it. If they need to have a running quarterback, they'll do it. If they need a passing quarterback, they'll do it. Nick Saban wins. Alabama is my number one team in the country.
There are so many reasons why I'm so excited for the college football season to actually be here. One of those is so that we can quit talking about things like the anonymous coaches poll. Let me tell you why I hate the anonymous coaches poll. Because some coach out there, I presume not very smart, decided to say that Nick Saban from Alabama is the most overrated coach in America. Now that might jump out as you as like, that's kind of odd. And then he brought up some reasoning like, oh, well, he cheats in recruiting and you would win too if you had the best recruiter uh, recruits and players. And that's interesting. Let me give you a couple of thoughts just on the comments. Number one, if he's cheating and you have proof, then give it. If you don't, then don't say it. Because allegations like that are just breeze in the air unless you can actually prove them. And there's no reason to discredit his name or that program unless you actually have the proof. Now let's go into the actual proof and the actual data of why I think this said coach is in fact an idiot. If you look at college football since Nick Saban returned to the ranks and came back to Alabama, there have been 10 national titles handed out. Five of them have gone to the tide, which means that he is exactly 500 against the field when it comes to national championships. That's staggering. No other program has more than one. That's right. No other program has more than one. LSU, Auburn, Ohio State, Florida State, and Clemson have all won one national championship. Alabama has five. That alone makes him one of the more underrated coaches in all of America, much less overrated. But I've got some more data for you to prove that Nick Saban is, in fact, maybe the greatest coach in the history of our sport. Let me point to this. At one point in every single season, from his second until now, which is 2008, so at one point in every season in the last 10 seasons, Nick Saban has had the Tide ranked at number one in the AP poll at some point in that season. It's the longest stretch in the history of college football. I would consider it one of the more dominant stretches in the history of college football, in particular when you're talking about a time in which parity is driven by revenue sharing and conferences, in which there are only 85 scholarships, and there's national recruiting bases for several different schools. That's incredible what he's been able to do and the consistency with which he's been able to do it. He hasn't had the one year where he goes eight and five. That hasn't happened. That hasn't happened outside of his first year at Alabama when he was building something very special. Even Bob Stoops, for all of his greatness at Oklahoma, had the occasional eight and five year when a quarterback gets hurt or they've got some injury. So something happens where you go eight and five. Not at Alabama. Why? Because Nick Saban is a phenomenal football coach. In the last 10 seasons, he's got the five titles. I've obviously talked a lot about that, but maybe as impressive of a, as a stat as he's won as many titles as the field is that he's 66 and four at home, which means that Alabama has won more national championships than they've lost home games since 2008. It's staggering. Do you people understand how difficult it is to win in college football? how difficult it is to win on the recruiting trail with every single coach and every single program throwing millions of dollars in their recruiting budget at getting these kids to commit to their schools. And what has Saban done? He's had the number one recruiting class in each of the seven of the last eight years. Since two, from 2011 until 2017, they were a mainstay at the top of those rankings. That's part of being a college football coach. That's part of being great. It's getting the best players. You can't tell Ozzie Newsom at the Baltimore Ravens that, oh, of course you're a GM. Look at all the Hall of Famers that you drafted. He drafted them. That's the point. 
Nick Saban recruited those players to Alabama. That's what he's paid to do. That's what he's supposed to do. And that's part of being a great coach. There's also another element to that that people don't give him credit for. We see great teams and talented teams all the time underachieve. Rarely does that happen at Alabama, which means this guy has the rare ability to take talent-laden teams, ego-driven teams, and regardless of those personalities, get them to move in one direction for the betterment of the program rather than the betterment of the individual. That's an incredible feat, yet no one talks about it. How many times have we seen number one recruiting classes at, let's say, other schools get tossed out there, Tennessee's had a number one class, USC's had a number one class. They don't achieve what Alabama has achieved. And why? Because it's tough to teach and coach and build a program with that level of talent and ego in your program. He doesn't get enough credit for that. The last thing that I'll go with is, is style, style of play. Saban doesn't really care what style of play he has to throw out on the field in order to win. The reason I know that is because every other program since 2008 that has won a national championship has had exceptional quarterback play, in particular late in the season, to get that done. Cardell Jones for Ohio State played unconscious football in 2014, along with as good of a performance from a running back as we've seen maybe ever in a three-game stretch with Ezekiel Elliott. FSU had Jameis Winston. That performance that he was putting on to win a national championship was epic in a Heisman year. Clemson had Deshaun Watson. We know exactly how difficult it was to beat Deshaun Watson. Nick Saban himself knows that. And Auburn had Cam Newton. So where is this quarterback play for Alabama? Okay, well you say, well he has the best players so he should win every year. But he doesn't have the best quarterback. And isn't that the most important position on the field? Because uh, when I look, he's won national titles with Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron twice, Jacob Koger, and now Jalen Hurts being pulled for a true freshman to a Tungavailoa in the second half of the national championship game. This guy, by every single metric, is the best coach in America, and he might be the best coach of all time. So your anonymous opinion, said coach, about him being overrated, I think is garbage. Okay, so I've brought in Matt Leiner for this segment because in honor of having Lane Kiffin on the air on Saturday on Fox, a game that Gus and I will call FAU at Oklahoma, uh, I thought I'd bring in a quarterback that has played for Lane all the way back when Lane was like literally a 19-year-old assistant. Okay, not literally. He was what, 22, 23? Mid-20s. Mid-20s. So young Lane at USC. Matt is at like the height of his like Matty Ice like fame, king of L.A., God knows what, and they were together. So we're, here's the game we're going to play. Kiffin, not Kiffin. Okay, so did Lane say it or not? So it's going to be quotes and tweets that we're going to guess, is this from Lane or is this not from Lane? All right, so uh, Voice of, of God is just going to shout them out to us. That's right. Do not poke the owl. Stay focused. Do not even taste all the rat poison right now. I mean, can I get a pen that works, guys? Whoa, whoa, we can, we can share. Look at us. Look at us. Yes. Sharon. Oh, Matt's bringing out the nickname, Kiff Dog. You guys both got it. Yes, yes. Kiffin. Kiffin, not Kiffin, is going well. Here, we can. do you want to share an eraser or no? You got an eraser? Okay. Two erasers, one pen. Next. I like sharing with you. Nick Saban writes my name in his notebook with lots of hearts and squiggly lines. I mean, you got to know, right? I mean, ooh, this might be a trick question. You guys, no. 
Oh, well, he should have. Did you make that up? Yeah. You did? Yeah. You, Voice of God, a.k.a. Kristen Scott, made that up. Come on. See, there's some of these that it's like, I just wish he would say them. Like, that would be amazing. So, Lane, if you're watching this, and I know you are. Lane's watching this. You should tweet that. Can you still, say that again? Still waiting for my t-shirt. Okay. Nick Saban writes my name in his notebook with lots of hearts and squiggly lines. I will give you $100 to tweet that, Lane. And Matt will double that. Yeah. Okay, next. Sometimes when you bring the thunder, you get lost in the storm. I mean, I've got a very... False. It's not that's too that's deep for Lane. Yeah. Like, that was, that and it's... Who was that? Oh, Kenny yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I love, yes, 100%. Now, Kenny Powers, they're kind of the same guy, Lane and Kenny Powers. <laughs> With all the love I can muster, Lane. Text me back, by the way. Unbelievable, your boy gives, yeah, text you, whatever. A Tennessee fan mailed me things I signed for him because they said they don't want this trash in their house. I didn't even have to hear the end of that to know exactly. To know exactly where I was going with that one. Oh yeah, that's Kev. 100%. You got it. Okay, oh I'm man. This oh, you're so. Look Don't at cheat this. Off my board. Oh, look at this. Don't cheat off my paper. Matt's being a little competitive in a fun game. Here we go. I don't recall a happy moment. I just recall the ass chewing. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure, right? He for sure said that yeah, about Alabama. Re- yeah, and Saban for sure. Gotta love it. Wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall? Then, oh. like one of those times when Lane's getting chewed out, oh. and you can just, you can almost see in his face, he's just like, <laughs> I don't care. He's, you know, inside, he's like, oh, oh he's like, oh, this guy is the worst. <laughs> right? Yes. I love it. Okay. I'm pretty popular at Tennessee. Me and Peyton Manning, practically one and the same in their eyes. <laughs> Again, there are these quotes that I just desperately want to be. Like, Lane said this. Like, please, please. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that was a trick question. Guess Come who's on. Up one. Guess who's up one. Yeah, but, but wouldn't it be cooler if be he did say that? If he said that. It would be a lot cooler, be a lot cooler if you did. Is that, it, wait, a lot cooler if you did? Is that a dazed and confused? Dazed and confused. How many more do we have? One more. Oh, you better tie. You better tie or else. Are you up? Wait, is Matt? You ever see the movie Big Daddy? Whose show is this anyways? I win. The game is called I win. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right, let's go. Whose show is this? This is Maddie Ice's show This is your show. This is the fan show. This is the fan show. People ask me what Nick Saban says to me on the sidelines. It's just, hey, Lane, I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming. (laughs) That one's really good. That one's really good. Um, I feel like Please. Please have said it. Yes! Yes! Dang it! (laughs) Don't call the comeback. I've been here all year. Do one more. It's a tiebreaker. Yeah, we do have to do it one more time. You can go first. You can go first. Can I say that? I said darn it. Uh, yeah, it's the internet. What you don't realize is Nick Saban doesn't know what Twitter is, so he's never even been on Twitter. You can't troll somebody who doesn't see it. This is big. This is big. I feel like this is a big moment. I am. Concentrate. So we're still tied? 
We are still Wait, you put a question mark. Well, That's you know. uncertain. No, 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 no. It's still on, good. It's you, can't, a, you can't waffle. You can't waffle. I did waffle. Uh, here, go I'll, I'll go first. All right, come on. We got to break this tie. Where is it in writing that when you're a coach, you can't be funny? If someone doesn't want to hire me because I'm funny on Twitter, then I probably won't want to work for them. Oh, okay. Here we go. You guys are just reading them off. I mean, yeah. Are you like, literally, did you go, did you Google like things Lane Kiffin said? I was like, that one's obvious because they're like literally Googling Lane Kiffin quotes. Yeah, Lane Kiffin quotes. Unbelievable. All right, here we go. Got to be best out of three, though. On three. No, no, no. One winner takes all. This is like game. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. That's in the four. So rock, paper, scissors. Oh, okay. That's how the kids do it? All right. Are you ready? Hold on. Hold on. Just one time? Yes. Winner takes all. Hold on. Wait. All right. No! Oh! What, what is this? What is this? What's the game called, Joel? I just spit on you. What's the game called? Matty Ice. It's called You Suck. I win. All right. We're going to talk about the Heisman next. Uh, let's go to, like, your Heisman contenders, and rather than just rank them, because right. you've ranked them before. You did of it on course. the preview show. We've got uh, a video online that you can go see uh, of Matt's top five Heisman contenders enter entering the season. Let's just have a, more of a discussion. Mm -hmm. So your top three, let's start there and, and just kind of walk me through those three guys. Top three. Okay, so first of all, I think this year more than ever, uh, it, it's pretty wide open, yeah. with exception. I think you know Bryce Love. We'll get into Bryce Love. I think he's the favorite coming in because probably of the pretty clear favorite. At clear least in, favorite, in most but of our eyes. with Stanford and the West Coast, we all know how difficult it is to win. Especially what is it? Four runner-ups. Five, five. runner-ups since '09. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, oh. it's a real, that's a real thing. But uh, so I would I would pretty say pretty soon they're going to start a course at Stanford. It's like why do we keep finishing second? I know it's a deep analytical study. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And then that's why um, I got Will Greer as my top quarterback coming back. I like that quarterback race. for West Virginia. Yeah, Will uh, Will Greer. Good year last year. Um, until he got hurt late. Until yeah. he got hurt late, but great receivers back. David Sills mm. is back, so he's going to be able to put up a lot of yards. He's a type of quarterback that he's going to put up some big numbers. Um, you know who he reminds Tim, me of and they remind me of is like Oklahoma State of last year. Mm -hmm. All those returning, oh, like yeah? great core of wide receivers. That offense, which is very similar, because remember Holgerson was a coordinator at Oklahoma State under Mike Gundy before right. he went to West Virginia. Same offense. They're gonna like. It wouldn't shock me at all if Will Greer is the nation's leading passer. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think we talked about the schedule sets up pretty nicely for them if they can. Yeah. I know they play Tennessee, which is could be an interesting game. But not really. Not I think really. Tennessee's but, really bad. But not but, to uh, mention their fans. Oh geez, here we go. Let what? the hate what? begin. Prove me wrong. Um, no, but they got a good non-conference, and they got obviously the Big Twelve. You got tough games. So I think that they're probably um, better than Tennessee. They go to North Carolina State, which could mm -hmm. be an interesting game. But if he's That'll if he and they are able to win that game, they, they'll probably be 8-0 going to November and going to Austin, Texas. And at that point, they'll be ranked inside the top five, and he'll be solidly the favorite in the Heisman race entering November. So just something to keep your We always your eye say on. you kind of win it in November, those games. He's got, the uh, obviously, Shot. the opportunity. And then the top two guys are just our two running backs. Jonathan Taylor, who I'm higher on than you, clearly, because you have him as your fifth-ranked running back back in college football. 
I didn't know that having someone in the top five at a position group is not high on them. It's not high. Well, that's I believe that's like incredibly high. Like you're it's elite of of the elite, Jonathan yeah. Taylor. I love you, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Call me. We agree on this. Probably the best offensive line back in America with Wisconsin. With no Wisconsin. doubt. Hornerbrook. I, I'm I'm on his bandwagon. I liked him Me last too. year. I liked him last year. Why do people hate on this? Um, I guess it's the picks. I mean, that's an easy the answer. The picks. I think he the, played so well late. The picks. The the offense. The style. It's just like no one's just like I, they can't really get on board with Hornerbrook okay. in that offense. I can. I, I appreciate it. Um, I think he's. I mean, listen. I think he takes the next step. If a couple of slow pocket passers can't get behind another slow pocket passer, I don't know I who mean, will. I gotta right? Say, I gotta Am say, I wrong? The, the lefties stick together, man. You know those oh, lefties. that's right. Man. A lot of Gosh, similarities. How did I not put that together? A lot of similarities. Not a lot of left-handed mm. quarterbacks. It's true. You so you love Tua, probably. I don't even think there's three NFL lefty quarterbacks. Well, you three got Steve Young. He's like no now playing. Oh, now well, think clearly, about it. Think about ball it. spins wrong. I don't think know about it. I mean. You guys spin it the wrong way. Think about it. Can I'm you, just can you name I'm telling, three I'm telling you why player. you throw the ball backwards. As the great receivers I used to play with, they said, man, it doesn't matter what spin coming. I'm paid to catch the football. <laughs> That's what they used to tell me. <laughs> I said, you know what? I appreciate that. And then um, number one, Bryce Love. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's a special player. Uh, I got a, I had a chance to sit down with him. Great kid, Eddie. Last week, great kid. Exceptional. Yeah. Just on and off the field. He hates it. It's... It's really great to see because he just doesn't like the attention. He's a nice kid, but he just he just rather just kind of go sure. anonymous. And um, but he's I mean he's a, he's one of the best football players back in America. It's really incredible his his story and just his I mean his explosiveness last year. I mean he played oh. half the season on like one leg and <laughs> was ridiculous. <laughs> what he was doing, he I mean, was so good. He and had more fifty-yard right. runs by himself than all but like one other team in college football. I mean, guy's sensational. So we can go on and on about Bryce Love, but I thought it would be cool if we started bringing up like a whole section of other players, yeah. right? So like. Who are guys that might be off the radar right now that we'd like to put on the radar, regardless of position? Because this year, maybe more than any other, I think we're going to have some push for the defensive side of the ball. We've got so many great defensive linemen, right? Literally probably six or seven of the top ten picks in the draft next year are going to be D linemen. The entire (laughs) defensive line for Clemson might be the best all time. And I know, listen, you can't throw out hyperbole. Maybe the best... In hindsight, probably Miami, they had two first-rounders and a second-rounder on their defensive front. In all likelihood, Clemson's going to have three first-rounders and a second-rounder. So if that happens, they'll be the best all-time. Now, they're not the ones I'm looking at for Heisman consideration. I'm going to bring up two names. Mm -hmm. Ed Oliver, Houston, Nick Bosa, Ohio State. I think both will get legitimate run for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I think I would say Bosa probably has a better chance, even though Oliver is the preseason he's getting a lot of love rightfully so just the competition and playing at Houston and, and no offense to the conference but I just don't yeah, know I mean, if he's going to be playing JV. I don't exactly I don't know if I'll he's going to be it. playing I mean, against apparently I'm an elite great um, group of five is JV I'm you know sorry. enough competition unless UCF just, last year's an eight and four team in the power five absolutely. I'm sorry so but it just is what your it is Bosa maybe pick, nine and three your Bosa pick is interesting because he's a game changer and um, we just talked about it but Ohio State a little different this year with JT Barrett gone. Yeah. Um, J.K. Dobbins is a guy I think can keep an eye on this list, especially with JT Barrett gone. They might run the football a little more with him. But um, f- for a defensive player, especially strictly just a defensive player, 
um, they just have got to impact the game on a weekly basis. Yeah. And, and, and the, the plays, the sacks, the, all of those things, kind of like the Jadavion Clowney, you know, that mm -hmm. big play that was, you know, he blew up, uh, I think, the Michigan running back. Yep, you know, in the, the Outback in, Bowl, in the and then he comes like, back. Like plays like that that happen every single sure. week that make you say, wow. And, and it doesn't take away with how great they are, but it's just really hard. And you look at, you know, Drabil Peppers a couple of years back, Great defensive player, but he ran the football. He was in the return game. Charles Woodson, obviously the only defensive player to win it, he impacted in so many ways. So that 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 you just I feel like you have to impact the game in so many different ways if you are a defensive player. That's why it's hard for a defensive lineman to win unless unless you have unless and you're then Sue exactly like unless year you're completely dominant. Which, which you're absolutely right. Oliver's dominant. Bosa could be dom uh, dominant. Um, there's there's a few guys there that have a shot, at least to get to New York, I think. Um, uh, some quarterbacks that we haven't mentioned that I just want to throw out there. Obviously, Trace there's McSorley. Lot, yeah. I mean, he's going to be on the list, and rightly so. Trace has been a great player for a couple of years now for Penn State. He's won a Big uh, Big Ten championship. He's 14-0 and at home, and most of their big games happen at home. So, huge feather don't in his you, cap. Don't you see some similarities with Mayfield as far as... I don't. As, no, not, not, not the player, as far as the situation coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Losing a lot. He's going to be asked to carry the team. Uh, you know, Baker, when Baker lost the running backs, he lost D.D. Westbrook a couple years ago. He came back last year. And his head coach, and Bob And his head Stoops. coach. He came back with, with you know, CD, young young running backs, and he just, I mean, he carried the team. Yeah. And, he, and they were great. Trace McSorley, it's different. He's, they're different type of players, different team, but I feel like it is similar. Like, he loses a lot around. He loses the coach, Moorhead. Yeah, Joe Moorhead's um, gone. So, be obviously, Saquon, see, you know? Mike Kosicki, the tight end, yeah, Deshaun Hamilton, Hamilton the, the slot receiver. I'm maybe more concerned for their defense because they lose the heart of their defense. Right. The Cothran defensive tackles shared a last name. They were not uh, shared by birth. Um, they lose Jason Cabinda, one of the best leaders in college football, linebacker. So Trace is going to have to overcome a lot yeah, with Penn I, no, State. No, absolutely. If he does that, if he'll he does, get a lot of good got, run. He has the games to play. He's going to, you know, exactly. So Last guy I want to bring up, and before that, Khalil Tate. Yeah. I think he'll be in the running. He's great. Last guy, though, sneaky, sneaky. Let me guess. Justin Herbert? Boom. Ah. Justin Herbert at Oregon. Okay, Justin he's, Herbert at Oregon. Could be They've the number got one top five pick next year. I think he's going to be the the top quarterback selected mm -hmm. in next year's draft. And I think they they have the sneaky schedule to knock Washington off in the North. And if they do that, let's just say Washington beats Auburn and starts to draw the attention of the college football world out west. And then Oregon wins that division, let's just say. Because remember now, they've got that interesting schedule where Washington, on consecutive weeks, has to travel to Oregon on the second of that back-to-back, -back, and Oregon's off a bye. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big stage. Herbert's a very good player. Jim Levitt's a great defensive yep. coordinator. They averaged 52 points per game when Herbert was on the field. No, I'm just saying, I mean, I, Herbert could have a little bit of run. I, I'm with you. He's a sleeper, man. I'm with you. If they win enough games, if they can beat Washington... Uh, win the North. I mean, he's got a shot. He's he's as good. I, I was saying it two years ago when he was a freshman. I think he might have came in the second half of the season. He started a couple games like, God, this kid, this kid is going to be a yeah. first-round kid. I, yeah. I remember telling Coach Juan said that. And he's like, eh, man, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, you can just, you know, <laughs> you can just tell when the kid's got you, it. Coach and, and, yeah, Coach Juan, he oh. hates us. You know, he hates quarterbacks. We should it do a segment just like, what we should do a segment with, with Wani. About or that? About Wani. Every defensive coach generally hates quarterbacks. Yeah, and do. one, well, for two reasons. One, they're jealous, clearly. And two, we torment them. That's just what They what just happens. think we're divas. Wow. Well, 
Yeah. We're the most important player on the field. <laughs> you didn't know that? Well, now you do. And that's why we call it breaking the huddle. Thanks to Dr. Pepper at every tailgate and home gate. It is the one that fans crave. You can catch uh, all the games this weekend. Matt will be here in the studio yeah. all weekend on all the games. Uh, I'll be at Oklahoma State tomorrow night for Missouri State, Oklahoma State. Yes, that's you heard me right. And then FAU Oklahoma on Saturday. The lane train rolling in to face Lincoln Riley. By the way, maybe two of the best offensive coaches in all of college football in one game. So that'll be on Fox. And then we'll be here next week uh, breaking the huddle. And I'm sure I'll be my smug self. Why am I so smug? I don't understand. You just wound tight, man. You just wound I'm, tight. I'm, I'm trying you're to trying to lose me up. That, that's true. Thanks for watching. And uh, again, until next week. Uh, we bid you adieu. Yeah.